What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back for another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. We are thrilled that you've chosen to spend some time with us today. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am joined by Jeff Cross. How are we doing today, Jeff? Yes, sir. I am very, very well. Thank you for asking. How about you? You know what? It is a cold, rainy morning, um, which for any of you in the Midwest could be any time in the last about eight, nine, ten days. <laughs> uh, we're actually recording this on uh, May. 6th. Uh, we're going to be putting this one out fairly quickly. Uh, sometimes we record and our episodes come out a week or so later. This one will probably come out a little bit sooner than that just because of some of the uh, timeliness of our content and, uh, and what guys are getting ready to do when it comes to conference tournaments and postseason tournaments and baseball and looking forward to that. Uh, but it's also uh, it's also just a busy time. We were talking before we started recording that you know, uh, we kind of go through seasons of life, um, and this season for me is just a busy time mm-hmm. between home stuff, work stuff, officiating stuff. Uh, I pulled in today. Uh, we record this at my office. We have been trying to get the yard mode here for like <laughs> the last two weeks good luck and it's just been impossible and mm. i'm just sitting there going oh my gosh this is gonna be such a pain to get done yeah once yeah <laughs> once, once it, it finally, finally does, does. Yeah. and yeah. like there may be like a two-day gap saturday sunday to get it done and i'm not available during that two-day <laughs> gap to get it done and then by the time you know yeah. I, there's no telling what's going on but that kind of I thing think i happens. heard voices is that what it was? Coming out of the grass when I was walking up. <laughs> it could be. Like, Small you know, children getting lost and like, trying oh, to find their way home. Is that Danny DeVito walking through the grass? <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's just a great reminder that um, all of us in the jobs that we do, you know, whether it's our, our day job or our officiating job, 
you know, there's always other stuff going on, mm. mm-hmm. you know, always there's, yeah. there's always something happening at home. There's always something happening with our friends. And sometimes it's great and exciting and it gets us pumped up and energized to do what we do. And other times it's, it's difficult stuff that, that makes it harder to do uh, what we do. And uh, one of the things that frustrates me about that is, you know, like someone said, well, I've been really busy. Well, we're all busy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we all have, you know, a list of a hundred things that you only got 10 able to do 10 things in one day. Everyone has that. Sure. So that doesn't work for me. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I sent an email out yesterday to a couple people and and with no response. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was a rather timely email because I need to know by this weekend, you know, those kind of things and no response. And I was talking to my wife about it and she's like, well, they're busy. I'm like, dude, they're all busy. Everyone's busy. I'm busy. Yeah. I'm busy too. I I didn't want to send this email out, but I did. So I just, if you want to be a friend of mine and you, (laughs) my wife's listening, she's, (laughs) She's past friend. She's above friend. You know, <laughs> don't tell me. Oh, they're all they're busy. Yeah, no kidding. We're all busy, man. We just all are. And she's like, well, they'll, you know, they're not going to get a hold of you during school. So, well, they're definitely going to get a hold of me after school. Mm-hmm. They punched out for the day. So it was just, don't tell me we're all busy. Uh, no kidding. I'm busy too. Probably busier than I want to be. Sure, <laughs> you are too. I uh, you know, and and I think we all are. And. One of the things that that I think is is going to be key to our discussion today is recognizing that the stuff that happens away from the field, away from the court, mm. if we think that it doesn't affect us, we are fooling ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if we think it doesn't affect the players, coaches, fans, game administrators, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else, we're, we're fooling ourselves there as well. And so to kind of set the the background for our discussion today, um, I uh, many of you that listen to the podcast know that I'm a conference coordinator mm-hmm. in baseball at the collegiate level. Um, and uh, my conference is an NAIA conference. And so we have the first conference tournaments of the season. Uh, all the NAIA conference tournaments started this weekend, um, next weekend, you got the D3 tournaments. The weekend after that, you got the D2 tournaments and then the D1 and everything kind of stair steps with, you know, regionals and super regionals and, and World Series and all that. <clears throat> and so uh, with the chaos of the weather, mm. uh, we were supposed to play four games in our tournament yesterday and we only played two. Uh, and today we were supposed to play the next four. So games, you know, five, six, seven, and eight, we're supposed to be today. And we're hoping just to get games three and four in. So we're behind and now they're wanting to play on mother's day and (laughs) no umpire wants to risk his marriage by going to work a a baseball game on mother's day. Can I get you a hot dog and a Coke (laughs) for mother's day? That's right. (laughs) So, you know, there's just, just craziness and chaos going with that and everybody trying to make it happen. We got turf field. So, you know, even with weather and all trying to get the, get the games in. You'll be playing in one game and it starts at 9 o'clock at night, you watch. That's right. And so uh, during the second game that we played yesterday, there was kind of a unique situation. Uh, first first inning, I mean, just right out the gate, really close fair foul call. <clears throat> Home plate umpire calls foul. Look at it on video. Um, don't have a, a video shot looking down the line. 
um, just a, a video shot from behind home plate. When you look at it, um, it's definitely a defendable foul call. If, if we had instant replay, we couldn't call it confirmed because of the, the mm -hmm. angle that we've got. Um, it would just be that the call stands right. if that's what we had, right? So anytime you've got that, it's a, it's a close enough call, you know, that we assume, okay, you, you might be frustrated the call didn't go your way, but it's not something to end your world over, mm -hmm. you know. Um, in the bottom half of the first inning, we are in a steady rain. Now, it's not a hard rain that would keep us from playing, but it's a steady rain. And uh, batter gets rain in his eye mm -hmm. as he's trying to bat. He calls for time. Time's kind of late. And the umpire goes ahead and grants the time, considers it a safety issue, you know, with the potential pitch coming in and batter not being able to see. Coach gets a little frustrated now. So the same coach that was frustrated over the fair foul call is now frustrated over the fact that this batter was granted time. And what seemed to come out of nowhere very early in the game, this is not the seventh inning of a 1-1 ball game. I mean, this is a nothing-nothing ball game in the you know, bottom of the first inning um, with one out in the bottom of the first inning. Mm -hmm. And uh, a coach ends up getting ejected. Crew does uh, a lot of things really, really well in handling it. The ejecting umpire walks away. These are things we've talked about. You know, how, how do we handle ourselves when these moments happen? And a lot of that stuff happened really good. Another uh, umpire comes in to help direct the coach about where the coach needs to go. And the coach chooses not to go in that and continues to walk towards the ejecting umpire and that umpire continues to walk away and, and do all those things. And so it ended up being not only uh, an ejection, but also a suspension. And uh, um, after the game, I had the opportunity to go in, talk with the umpires. Um, I, I think it's great as a coordinator that I get to be there at my conference tournaments when there are uh, just kind of high pressure moments like mm -hmm. this. And so I can go in and we talked about the things that we did really, really well. We talked about things that maybe we could have done differently. <clears throat> uh, not that I think would have affected the outcome at all, but just things that would have been a little cleaner or easier, that kind of thing. And, uh, and all. And then of course, you know, afterwards I got communication not only from uh, the umpires, but also from the coach. And so the coach had one very, distinct viewpoint about what happened sounds about right uh the umpires had a very <laughs> other view, distinct viewpoint about it <clears throat> and so uh when the coach contacted me i just i tried to give the coach a a filter right we, we talk about you know being uncommon you know using the the lens of sports officiating to to look at what that means like and and so i kind of did that with this coach i gave him a filter to look at the video through and thought that if you used that filter to look at that video, it was, it was pretty obvious why things happened the way that they happened. And the, uh, the ejecting umpire, not the one who gave the additional suspension for prolonged argument, but the original ejecting uh, umpire then also contacted me later that night. And you could tell he was, he was just wrecked by what happened. Mm -hmm. You know? Again, part of it was the fact that it didn't happen when we would think it would happen. You know, it, it didn't happen in the bottom of the seventh mm -hmm. in a 1-1 one, one, one game. 
Um, it was so early and over stuff that, that just didn't seem to add up to why you would respond like that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I made the comment to someone, I, I expect over-the-top argument if an umpire has made a mistake that is obvious or egregious or has a huge impact on the game, right? And this was a situation, the fair foul call, there was a runner on second base and probably what would have been a double and at least scored a run. Um, but again, it's the top of the first inning when that happened. So um, I, I was reminded last night that many of us in officiating, we, we really struggle when we have to enforce something that penalizes someone. You know, we really do. And we've talked about it in basketball. You know, how many times have we seen a, a basketball official come in after the game? Man, I really wish I didn't have to give that coach a technical foul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I really wish I didn't have to eject that player. I really wish I didn't have to, you know, on the baseball side, you know, eject this coach, whatever it might be. And I, I know you and I have talked about this a lot just personally away from the podcast, but I thought it'd be really helpful today during the podcast. I wanted to kind of take this little extended intro here to set this up if I could, because I know you've been involved in both sports situations like this happening. Why is it that you think we struggle so much as officials with really what, what the officials did was just enforce the rules as written, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So why is it in moments like this that, that we struggle with that? Well, I think we struggle with it, at least from my point of view, is, you know, we, we take pride in the way we handle our situations. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people maybe would see that as a failure on the umpire side or the referee side because you had to give out a technical foul because you couldn't use your best people skills to get said coach under control. So that is, you know, a real issue. The second issue is the penalty, you know, a lot of people, if you, if you were to poll the people, the umpires or the officials and say, you know, do you think a one game suspension or a three game suspension is too much? They might say yes. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't necessarily agree with the, with the penalty. So when you don't agree with the penalty and you put the pressure on yourself because you're maybe not using, maybe I could have had better people skills, whatever it is, all that weighs on us. Mm -hmm. And just in, you know, forget being an official, it weighs on us as humans when we're being judged by others. Mm. When, we, when we are being told you're not a very good Tire changer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't make Subway sandwiches very good. We, that, that, that upsets us in a way that, you know, it, it's tough on our mental psyche, right? So if I have to kick out a coach, it's, we're kicking, we're ejecting a coach because basically the coach is telling you that you're no good, mm -hmm. even though it is one call or, you know, whatever, one inning, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's probably where that that biggest heartbreak comes from when you're sitting on your couch after you know whatever muscling through miserable rain and 
you know, 45 degree temperatures. There's nothing really fun about it. This isn't a day at the beach. That's right. You know, so, and then we have that. So you tend to second guess yourself, man, could I have done something different? And it, cause that, I bet that conversation doesn't happen. If the coach cor- corresponds and goes, yeah, that was, I was way out of line. We don't, we're not even having a situation now. Mm-hmm. It's when we feel a little bit of pushback mm-hmm. for whatever that is, whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent, it creates doubt in the person who had to administer the, the, the penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our principal and our guidance counselors and our dean of students, we go through that at, at school all the time. It's very clearly, right? You know, whatever. You get caught vaping, it's a two-day suspension. Well, what happens is the student who gets caught goes to parents. Parents come to said guidance counselor and say, well, they've never done it before, or it's not his fault, or can't you show him some grace, and all those things. And now the guidance counselor, principal, whoever, dean of students, is saying, oh, I feel bad, you know what I mean? All those things. And then it it should, for whatever reason, I mean, it happens in the courtrooms, happens everywhere, right? Everyone, mm-hmm. That's what lawyers do, try to convince someone that what they've done, even though it's very clear that they've broken the law, we're trying to convince them that it's not as bad as the penalty should be. Yeah. I I very rarely have heard somebody say, oh, you know what? I deserve that speeding ticket. Yeah. Right? Never. Never, right? right? Very, like, honestly, very we, rarely. Right, right. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we don't often hear that. Mm-hmm. What we what we do here is, well, yeah, I know I was driving 12 over, mm-hmm. but they could have given me a warning. Mm-hmm. Right? Or what about the other guy? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so it's it immediately goes to, yes, I understand this is the penalty, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. They, you know, a lot of us uh, who have maybe gotten a red light ticket in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. not that maybe I have or haven't, right? Okay. What, but some camera? of us that have gotten that, yeah, yeah, yeah the camera yeah. ones, right? Wait, that's just not a good feeling, right? <laughs> Even though, because you're like, oh, I got it. And you go, and you see this flash. You're like, oh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't get yeah. it. No, I didn't. That was an exp- <laughs> that was an expensive, you know, extra I, I minute that I gained yep. uh, or whatever, right? Not waiting at that at that red light. But in that moment, the the robot, okay, the the eye of the mm-hmm. of the red light camera, mm-hmm. it's not going. Well, you know, they had somebody that was right on their tail, mm-hmm. and 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 they were trying to get through, and like it, it, it's not reasoning; it's just black and white. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a vehicle that went through the intersection after the light turned red. Yep. They get a ticket. Yeah, that's not how we operate as humans. Right. Right. You know, as humans, we have all of these shades of orange. You know, as we like to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. When the, when when the lights turn in from yellow to orange to, to red, somewhere in between there is this moment of orange. And a lot of us would like to live in that moment of orange. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get the idea that, okay, well, uh, as an official, yeah, I know they deserved that penalty. But like you said, okay, wh- what could I have done to have kept them from getting there? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes we even almost have this, this pride that says, well, you know, I haven't had an ejection in 17 seasons. Mm-hmm. As if that means that I'm a great official. Well, it could be that I'm a horrible official that just wasn't willing to enforce the rules as written. And that's why I've not had the ejections, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, just because I haven't done something doesn't mean I'm doing it correctly. Yeah. And so I, I don't want to debate today whether or not we ought to be giving these penalties. 
re regardless of what they are, whether we're talking about ejections, suspensions, you know, whatever, because for all of our baseball umpires that right now are in the midst of conference tournament and postseason work, like these are big moments. Mm -hmm. You know, if a, if a player gets a suspension, that player may never play another baseball game again because they could be a senior. Yeah, right. That if they lose the next game in the tournament, mm -hmm. they're, you know, they, they don't have a season anymore. And so now the very last college baseball game of their life is the one they got thrown out of. Mm -hmm. yeah, right? right. A coach may never step on the field to coach again. Mm -hmm. They may be retiring. The school may choose to replace them. Who knows, right? That player not being in the lineup might be the difference between that team winning and moving on to the national tournament or losing and staying mm -hmm. home. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, all these things carry big ramifications this time of the year. So because things are, are magnified, mm -hmm. right? I think it also then magnifies the way that we, we feel about this stuff. And so... Part of what I'd like to do is I'd like to begin to pick your brain. How is it that you begin to compartmentalize this in your life in such a way to where it's not something that you just dwell on and take personally? How do you begin to move past the moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to start by saying this. If I have a play at first, if I'm a baseball umpire and I have a play at first and I call them out, Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's a penalty. Yep. That's a penalty to the, to the offensive team. Yep. So every decision we're making holds some sort of penalty. Sure. So if I have a if I'm on a basketball game and I call a shooting foul, that's a penalty. Mm -hmm. No different than when a coach goes out of sorts, and I have to issue a, a penalty. That's just the penalty that that these actions hold. That correspond to the rule in the book yep. that governs that part of the play. Yeah. So, we, you know, we're we're worried about, as you said in the beginning, you know, this carries a stiffer penalty, you know, all those things. And, and I get it. It does. But that's the reason it carries a stiffer penalty is because whoever writes these rule books and, you know, in the, in the governing body of these rule books, whatever sport, think that this is more of a major um, problem. Mm -hmm. No different than if I get going five miles, I get a speeding ticket for five miles over, mm -hmm. that's a $75 ticket. But if I get caught going 35 miles over, that's a $200 ticket and a potential loss of license. Yep. The, the government, the, you know, the body of people who write these rules said this is, this is more of a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's for me that's the easiest way I can handle it mm -hmm. is understanding that yes it's a stiff penalty because it's a stiff uh infraction of the rule mm -hmm. uh, it's not a, it's not a minor infraction so that's that's the best way I can handle it I think and we have to you know I talk about self-talk all the time and I haven't talked about it in a while but when we have those situations we still have to talk to ourselves up to hundred percenter that is a hundred percenter. I feel this is there's. I don't want to say nothing that's going to change my mind because I don't want to be that closed-minded about mm -hmm. any of my situations. But when I make these decisions and I go in the locker room or I continue through the game, that's a hundred percenter. I got no issue with what I've done. Mm -hmm. That's going to help create less doubt as people now start feeding into it, and I believe it even creates um, more confidence in 
whatever. You as a coordinator, and you see this ejection, and you come in the locker room afterwards, and you hear the umpire go, man, I don't know if I should have ejected him. Well, you're already being led by that now. Mm-hmm. You weren't, You didn't really have an opinion. You know what I mean? And then as soon as this umpire says that, you go, oh, yeah, you know what? It might have been a little soft. Mm-hmm. But if you walk in that locker room and go, yeah, that, that guy deserved to be ejected. We, I gave him every opportunity, you know, or whatever it is. Now you're led in that direction. So yep. it's our job as the people who are enforcing these rules is to be confident in what what rules we're enforcing by knowing the rules and then we know the penalty. You know, I, I think that's a great statement. You know, I've heard you say that you think one of the reasons that people become stronger play callers on the basketball side is when they get to understand the rule book better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you understand the rule book better, you have a greater knowledge of the rule, you are better able to enforce the rule. Okay? When I see people that struggle with travel calls, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, then the question is, do they know the rule book definition of a travel? Mm-hmm. Because if they do, it's probably easier to call travels mm-hmm. instead of just explain. going with the gut mm-hmm. right yeah. oh yeah that looked like a travel mm-hmm. well there can be things that look like travels that aren't mm-hmm. and the other things that don't and are yeah you know that guy looked like he was speeding yep but what's your radar detector I tell you he wasn't yeah exactly <laughs> so i i think there are there are things like that and i think when it comes to big moments whether we're talking about technical fouls whether we're talking about things that that come with ejections one of the reasons that i think it's difficult for us is because we feel like we're we're making a judgment call. It's not black or white, you know. It's it's a shade of gray. Except that so much of what we do as officials lives in that gray area, mm-hmm. whether we want to say it or not. I have to make a decision. Did that pitcher pause when he was in the set position? Mm-hmm. And one umpire might say yes, he did, mm-hmm. and the next umpire might say he didn't really pause. That was just a bounce. In what he did, it was just a change of direction that he was doing to make it look like he stopped. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making a judgment call on that, right? And and what one umpire sees as a pause isn't what the other umpire sees as a pause. When I have to deal with a check swing down at first base, did that barrel head clear the front hip mm-hmm. in the college level? At the other levels, did they make an attempt to hit the pitch? You know, that's a judgment call that I'm having to make. And in these moments, there are things that are automatics. There are things that if they continue to do something, they are going to get a prolonged suspension. There are certain words that if they say, they're going to get suspended. There are certain ways they can go about things. But then there are other things that are a little bit more in that gray area. And I think in those areas of gray are then where we struggle. That's where that self-doubt comes in Mm -hmm. that you talked about. It's like, did... Did I let them have enough? You know, if this was a if this was a regular season game, absolutely they should have gone. But man, this is a conference tournament. This yeah. has more weight to it. This is winner go home kind of stuff. And so we feel like maybe the gray area should be larger because of the the scope of the moment. But then the, the next place I'd like to go with this, Jeff, is that. Okay, this was a situation, and and I'm not picking on this coach. I'm not picking on this umpire crew, anything. This was just something that happened that as we've been looking at some subjects we want to talk about and stuff, I just thought really led well into this discussion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it seemed so out of place for the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Now, 
what that umpire may or may not have realized was that that coach had been there for a one o'clock game. And because of rain and everything else, that game didn't first pitch until like 5.10 or 5.11. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that becomes a long day. Mm-hmm. Now a coach that, you know, had to figure out how to feed his team while mm-hmm. they're at a tournament site, mm-hmm. you know, to get them something to eat before an evening game. Now, who knows what plans he was supposed to have that evening that now have been changed. Who knows what's going on with kids taking finals. I mean, there's all this other pressure, all this other stuff. We have no idea what's happening at, at work or at home or anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is tons of potential in moments like that for the stuff that happens with us to not be about us. Mm-hmm. But we, how many times have you maybe gotten short with the, your significant other, right? When you wouldn't have, because you just had a, a really rough day. And if you got short with your boss, you'd lose your job. Mm-hmm. But if you get short with your wife, you know she still loves you and she'll forgive you. Yeah. It, and it may not be a conscious decision to do that, but it's that right. subconscious mm-hmm. thing that says, this is a safe place. I can I can express my frustration mm-hmm. here. And you know who knows? That kind of thing happens on the basketball court, on the baseball field, on the softball field, on the football field, all, all the time. But yet we don't get to make judgments about why it's happening. We have to enforce what happened. Yeah, just to give you a little insight here, just because I live it. I, you know, I had, we had a game Tuesday, and it rained all day Tuesday. Yep. And, you know, and if I fielded one phone call, I fielded 20 of them. Are we playing today? Umpires are calling. You're probably not going to play. You know, all these things, right? You know, so I have to field all of that. Mm-hmm. I have to fight the everyone telling me that we should cancel, even though... I still think we have a chance. Yeah. We end up playing the game. So now I've worked. I fielded all this. Everyone telling me what I should be doing. And then now we play the game. We, you know, get on the field. And then now it's a close game. Oh, yeah. While, while we found out uh, my maybe my number three hitter, parents didn't think the game was going to happen. So they picked him up after school and took him home. Oh, geez. You know what I mean? Or yep. whatever. We don't know yep. what's happening. That's right. It, oh, I just got a notification from the guidance counselor. So and so's detention, so or whatever, suspended for a game. All those things are happening. Plus, I'm still fighting to get a game in. Yeah, it's in. So now, what seems to be a very minor detail, a close play at the plate, or, or even at first, mm-hmm. why is he getting so worked up about this play? Well, because Jeff has been fighting everyone since six thirty in the morning. Come out, mowed the grass at six thirty. Got done mowing the grass at eight eight thirty nine o'clock. Um, was able to line the field. Oh, then this radar shows rain, and then there's rain, and then now people are calling. And why are we getting so worked up over a fair foul call? Because all those things are coming at us. You know, maybe maybe it is. Maybe my wife is calling. Go, hey, it'd be nice if we just cancel the game today so we can go have dinner because you're not going to be available for Mother's Day or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. All those things are happening, and we just no one understands. And umpires, every every human being goes through that. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be whether or not you're going to let that straw break the camel's back mm-hmm. or if you're going to be on the business end of you were the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And that just happens. Um, but as you said, if you are the straw that breaks the camel's back, doesn't mean 
this coach gets to do whatever they want to do. You've still broken the rules, and that yet deserves a penalty. Mm-hmm. And a penalty. And we we spoke a little bit off this off off the podcast before we got started. But you know, as bad as day of, as I'm having, I still have to have enough poise and composure to know that I'm gonna, if I'm going to go out and potentially argue a safe out call at first base. Now I'm leaving it to the umpire. Yeah, I, I, I would oh. like for us to stop on oh, that okay. for a second right. here because I, I love the way you said that. And when you originally said it to me, you said something along the lines of, if I go out to argue a call, mm-hmm. I am placing it in their hands. Yeah, I'm relinquishing control. Right? Yeah, you're, yeah. I, I like that. You're yeah. relinquishing control. So even if you come out totally calm, Mm -hmm. totally whatever. Mm -hmm. At the moment that you've stepped out to have that discussion, you've relinquished control of the situation because ultimately they are the judge, jury and executioner, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But man, that is something that we struggle with just as human beings in general. Yeah. We, we hate relinquishing control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no different than the rain, right? Yeah. When those umpires accept an assignment at Grace Christian Academy, they relinquish control to me whether or not we play or not. Mm-hmm. Even though they're sitting at home going, it's pouring, I've seen the weather, I've got work to do, this game's got to get canceled, it's not up to them. It's not up to them. And I've told umpires before when they've called before, well, you're gonna, you're gonna just going to cancel, you know what I mean? Why don't you just cancel now, whatever it is, so they can make plans. I said, And I've told them, listen, if you can't do the game, then you shouldn't accept it. And if you can't do it, then call your coordinator and say, hey, I can't do this game today, and they'll get someone else on it. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the way it is. We, we, we all do that. We relinquish control. If I go over five miles over the speed limit, I'm relinquishing control that there could be a cop around the corner that's willing to give me a ticket. Mm-hmm. It, I'm doing that. by I know I'm breaking the law, the, the, the traffic laws, right? I'm, I know I'm doing that, so I'm relinquishing control. And when I do that and someone pulls me over, I may get the ball back in my court and say, hey, why are you speeding? I can give myself up. I can try and talk my way out of it. But if I can't, I can't, and I got to pay the ticket. So now when I go to court, guess what I'm doing? I'm I'm going to try and convince the judge to not make me pay this fine, but I, I'm not in control of that. I can try, and that's what parents do that. You know, when they sign a kid up to play baseball, they're relinquishing control of saying – Hey, we got 20 games this year, and these are when these 20 games are going to be. And it's potential that five of those could get moved to different dates because of weather or whatever it is. So you are saying you're available. Yeah. And they don't like it when we call them, and the game's supposed to be at Tuesday at 4.30, and say, guess what? Now it's Tuesday at 6. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. They don't like it because they've had to give up control. And so here, here's a really interesting piece of that that – that you've you've brought to my mind here. Oh boy. We know that we relinquish control in all sorts of elements of our life all the time. But we would never consider it that way. Okay? Uh we're going to finish up the 
the podcast today and I'm going to want to go eat lunch. So mm-hmm. I may say to Jeff, hey, Jeff, let's go grab lunch. Let's go down here to Ryan's Pier and let's grab something to eat, right? If Ryan's Pier's listening, we'll take in sponsors. That's right. That's <laughs> awesome. So we're going to go down in beautiful, not sunny Aroma Park today mm-hmm. and grab a meal at one of the only places in Aroma Park that you can find something to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So we go in there and we would say we have control because we chose where we were going to go eat. They could then hand us a menu and we're going to say that we have control because we're going to choose what we're going to eat. Jeff's going to get a half pound burger with no bun. It's going to have bacon and cheese and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff on it. And he's going to get cottage cheese as his side dish. And I'm going to do the same thing with the steak sandwich, no bun. And we're going to, we're going to get that and we're going to order it. And we can say that we had control over what we chose to go eat. But the truth is we have absolutely no clue what's happening back in the kitchen. Right. That burger may have gotten dropped on the floor, Mm -hmm. picked up, wiped off, put right back on the on the thing and you have no you have no control over what happens to that the only time that you have control if it is if it's something that you do totally and completely on your own mm-hmm. if you raise the cow slaughter the cow mm-hmm. butcher the cow prepare the cow Put the burger fresh on the grill mm-hmm. and eat it yourself. That's the only way yep. that you have control over that meal that you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. If if you don't control all of those steps, then at some point you don't know what happened. Right. Anytime we cho- choose to engage with other people, we don't have all the control. No. Nope. If you're in officiating because you like to be a control freak and you feel like you get to be in charge, let me tell you what, you're not in control. Right. You may be in control of a situation or a circumstance, but ultimately you're not in control. We made the joke. I had a, a batter come up to bat the other day, 2-2 two, two count. Pitch comes in just a little above the strike zone. And uh, he chooses to foul the ball off. You can tell he's, he's, he's not trying to put it in play. He's trying to foul it off, right? And he turns to me, he goes, man, was that was that top of the zone? And I said, I think it was up. I said, probably a good thing you didn't leave it up to me, mm-hmm. right? Because, right. again, if, if he chooses not to swing, he's relinquished control to me. Yep. And I could have gotten it right and called it a ball, and now it's a 3-2 count. Or, man, maybe I flinched it the wrong second or whatever, or just the way the catcher caught it looked mm-hmm. really good. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I ring him up on strike three. because it, and So he had a choice. He could attempt to fight off a pitch, Mm -hmm. to live for the next pitch, Mm -hmm. or he could relinquish control and allow me to make the choice. Yep. Right? When when we look at situations like I talked about happening yesterday, we could say that when that coach came out to argue that call, he relinquished control. Right. That is accurate. I'm going to also take another step further. When that umpire accepted the game, they relinquished control of what people were going to think about them. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, you know, as we, we've talked about this many, many times as far as uh, my social media. But as soon as you put something on social media, you're relinquishing control mm-hmm. on what people are going to say about you. Yep. They could say something. They can. They can. You put something up. What you think is a positive, whatever, right? 
And within five minutes, you can have 10 negative things. You've relinquished control by putting it out there. Yeah. And if you can't handle the way they're going to respond, even though you don't think they should respond, then you shouldn't put it out there. That's the best way to handle that for me. Mm -hmm. But we all know in our day-to-day lives, we're relinquishing control to many, many people. We... I'm relinquishing control to my administration when I'm when I've taken the assignment as being a baseball coach. Mm-hmm. If if the principal comes up to me and says, "Hey, you can't play Saturday because we got a concert," mm-hmm. I'm relinquishing control. I could try and fight for it, but ultimately, there's just nothing. If if he's dug in, I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I got to move forward on that. Um, that's. A very difficult thing to do, but I think once you grasp that you are not in control of all the things you think you are in control of, it makes getting up a little bit easier. <laughs> it makes going to bed a little bit easier. makes your day-to-day grind a little bit easier. So, Because, I, I, listen, I'll be the first one. To, I get caught up in, I've even said, I would like to be, I don't like not being in control because as much as we just talked about how my 12, 13 guys on my roster, their parents have given up, they've relinquished control by letting me coach them. Well, that's not the case. I I'm, they can control me by saying, Hey, listen, Billy's not coming because he's getting a wisdom take tech to count. When really I'm thinking to myself, if I was Billy's parents, why wouldn't I wait till after the baseball season yeah. to get his wisdom teeth taken out? But that's, that's their control. That's what they want to see. And so I, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, the only thing I got to just hope for and, you know, really work hard towards is getting nine guys mm-hmm. that show up for game day. As much as we want, I think we got control. Just like this coach who, you know, lost it over a fair foul call and a potential timeout. He's losing control. He's lost control of now. Now my kids were supposed to eat it at one. You know, now we have a game at five, so now we're not eating at one or whatever it is, right? And oh, this bus company's gonna charge me an extra four hundred bucks because we gotta sit here mm-hmm. and wait to for this five o'clock game instead of being done at five. Yeah. So all those things come into play and they've lost control of the things that they're used to having control of. Mm-hmm. And everyone is like that. Not just coaches, not just umpires. People are like that. They don't like it when they have to sit at a red light because guess what? Now you don't have control. I wanna go. I'm at the control. I'm at the mercy of this red light, mm-hmm. and I can't go because a little f- flash will go off, and I'll get a seventy-five dollar ticket. Yep. And you know, I we talked about this during basketball postseason, uh, but you know, we could have some folks that maybe are listening with us now that that weren't listening then. And uh, if you weren't, I encourage you to go back and check out some of our yeah. uh, our older episodes. There's tons of great stuff there, regardless of the season that we're talking about. But you know, one of the things that happens is. Uh, I think especially once you've worked a postseason or two at, at whatever the level is, I don't care if we're talking about junior high regionals mm-hmm. or if we're talking about the division one college world series, you know, once you've, you've worked that a couple of times, you begin to realize that there are officials out there that love to poke holes in the people that are working, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we just, I just talked about this with somebody the other day. Go ahead. Yeah, yep. you know, it's the kind of thing where you got a guy, you, you got a crew last night that did an awesome job handling that. Now, 
like I said, there, there were a couple things that could have been cleaned up and done just a little bit differently. There were there were a couple pieces, couple steps, but everything they did was correct. There's just a couple things they could have done even a little bit better, right? But specifically, the ejecting umpire. Uh, Jeff's seen the video. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The ejecting umpire did everything within their power. First of all, not to eject the coach in the first place. And did everything within their power to disengage from that coach after it happened. So if if I'm just going to to grade what that person did, just purely from visual, not having a clue what any words were said, anything else, but from a visual standpoint of how that official dealt with that situation, they get an A. They get an A in how they dealt with it. So, because I've seen this video, we didn't talk about this, huh? Mm -hmm. in do you think there's a chance for an A plus in this scenario? I think there could have been. Yeah. I think there were. I think there were a couple mannerisms. I think there were a couple gestures, some things like that 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 could have taken it up one more level. Absolutely, because there was a part there in that video where I thought mm, might be in the wrong spot here. Mm -hmm. um, there was a time where he kind of went behind a plate, and the coach still wasn't done yet. Well, there we're not playing baseball yet, so yeah. we probably don't need to go behind a plate there. Yeah. But yes, A for sure. I think there's some few little. Minor, that's just, just outside looking in. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? But see, it's, this is exactly then where I'm going. So here you got somebody that that got an A, okay. right? Mm -hmm. There are people who maybe are upset that they didn't get the assignment that that official got. Mm -hmm. There are oh, people yeah. that are just sitting at home being an armchair umpire, mm -hmm. right? Who watch that game and go, oh my gosh, look what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because that official relinquished control the moment they took the assignment. So when they take the assignment, now everybody is now going to judge right. their strike zone that day. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to judge the way they handle an ejection. Everybody's going to judge their mannerisms, their posturing, their everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and by us taking the game we give up that control. Yep. I can't control what somebody else thinks. Yeah. I can't control what somebody else says. Any of that kind of stuff. Like you, you ever want to get a, a huge laugh in life sometime? Go on Yelp or a, a place like that and look at a, a restaurant where somebody has left a criticism of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And look to see if the restaurant responds. Because sometimes, especially at like some mom and pop places, mm -hmm. you'll get somebody who's like, well, no, our meatloaf wasn't bad. Our meatloaf is made fresh. And that's my grandmother's recipe mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't you be talking about our meatloaf, right? Right, right. Well, the moment you put the meatloaf on the menu, you relinquish control yep. to what other people think about that's your right. meatloaf. Yep. Some people aren't going to like it. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you coming back and, and fighting what they think is not going to get you where you want to go. Nope. Mm-hmm. So part of what we have to do as officials is when other people judge us, because that's what they're doing. The mm -hmm. coach is judging us. Yep. The coach didn't like what they saw. The coach chose how they responded. Mm -hmm. We then have our thing that we have to do in enforcing the rules as written, right? Then other players on the field are going to judge us based off of that. People in stands are going to judge us. Our coordinators are going to judge us. Mm. Our partners are going to judge us. The people, you know, watching at home, they are going to judge us. We have relinquished control. So if we get caught up in this control mechanism, mm. we're going to fail every time. 
because we don't have it. Well, we're going to fail in a way that, you know, we just can't get out of our own head about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's all we're thinking about is, oh, I can't believe Billy thinks I'm no good at, at calling ball strikes. I just can't believe that. You know what I mean? I really feel like I'm good. Well, the, if we're, <laughs> we're going to worry about what they're saying on the sidelines or as a, you know, as what the, whatever your, you know, the coordinator says, you want to take it all in and try and learn from every situation. But when you go to bed at night, you can't be thinking about those things. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. You know, if I look back at my baseball team, you know, we're only, we're one in 19 or something like that, or one in 17, whatever it is. We, you know, we can't, can't seem to find wins, but if you look at our scores, you know, over 50% of our scores are only one or two runs. Mm -hmm. You know, we lost by just one or two or, you know, maybe four or five. It's not like we're losing by the 10 run rule. So yes, if, and if someone is looking and they go, Oh, they're one in 15, they're no good. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not looking at everything we've had to do. We're fighting three people that are ineligible. We're fighting people that are gone for wisdom teeth. We're fighting uh, someone's gone. Two, three kids are gone from spring break. We're fighting all of that. Not that mm -hmm. other teams aren't. Sure. But so you just never know. If I was to if I was to just sit there and look, man, I'm one in fifteen. You know, I'm I'm no good of a coach. Well, I, I can't judge that. I can't judge whether or not I'm a good baseball coach or any kind of coach by how many people get on the winning side of. It, winning's nice, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but I I have to be able to see those things that we're improving at. You know, we, okay, I got kids, I got sophomores that are starting to hit hit really good, you know, and they're coming in their stride, come regional time, all those things. So if I worry about, if all I do is look up at 1 and 15, 1 and 15, 1 and 15, eventually I will stop trying to get the field ready. I will stop worrying if we play the game. I will stop worrying if we even have enough players. Um, I'll be like, yeah, no problem, we'll go to the concert, we don't want to play the game. That's what will happen. Mm -hmm. But I can't do that because I've signed on. I may – everyone stops everything at one time, you know, whether you're an official and you're like, okay, that's I've decided to retire, but I will finish my assignments that I've accepted, mm -hmm. you know, and then, then I'll reevaluate whether I want to finish those things. And, can you know, I call it, you know, pursue other interests, right? You know, because there might be other things you want to do out there. So mm – -hmm. But you're still going to, whatever that other interest is, there's going to still going to be a whole other different group of people that are judging you. And they're going to continue to judge you and, and, and criticize why you quit. Yep. Why, well, why did Jeff retire? I don't understand why he retired. Because all you did was tell me I was one in 15. Mm -hmm. That's why. Because all you did was take, you know, you had no problem not making your kid do your homework. So I had to play without, you know, the kids I needed. Whatever that scenario is, but they're all going to judge it. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, it also goes from the side of of, of being judged positively as well. Mm -hmm. I uh, I had a conversation with a a basketball official this last season. They're a high school basketball official, and they said, you know, hey, when I work for this assigner, they they put me on varsity games every single game they assign me, but for this other assigner, all they give me is JV. That's all they give me. Right. So this is the statement I said, you know, or a question that I asked, I guess. Well, why don't you just work for the other signer? Mm. <laughs> what, a, what an idea, right? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, well, you know, but but like I, I, I want to work those other varsity. Like I, I want to do that. Okay, okay well, fine. But like, if it's about whether or not you're working varsity basketball, mm -hmm. if hmm. that's what you want, 
Work for the guy that has judged you as a varsity official. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't work for the guy that has judged you as a freshman, sophomore official. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. If you say, well, you know, this, this college assigner hired me, you know, and all, but I, I can't get that other college assigner to, you know, I, I keep going and, and working and doing all this. And I can't, oh, okay, well then man, be the best college official that that other college assigners got. Yeah. You know, work so well that they want to put you on their conference tournament, mm-hmm. that they want to do whatever, because they see you as a conference official. Yep. And then maybe, just maybe, that when the other person sees, wow, that person worked the conference tournament and I don't even have them working in my league yet, what did I miss? Yeah, what, what, yeah, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, and now all of a sudden you are working for that other person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe by the time they want to hire you, you're already working someplace else and don't even have time to go work yeah. for them. Talk about just a complete waste of energy. Yes. Worrying about a coordinator only giving you JV and freshman games. Mm-hmm. When you're getting varsity somewhere else, well, if that's the case, pull the plug. That's right. You know, just go for it. Just pull the plug and go work your varsity games. But we can't Mm -hmm. because we think, you know, just, you know, in general, they think every time we swing the bat, it's going to be a home run. Mm -hmm. We we don't accept that we're going to strike out. We don't accept because I can see pitcher one and hit four home runs. Mm -hmm. I can see pitcher two and I can't even touch the ball. Just the way it is, <laughs> you know, and we got to get up there. And, and if you're only convinced that you're, you're going to hit home runs every time you come up to the bat and you don't, you know, you have to. OK, I know I can hit fastball. So those are the ones I'm going to swing at. I'm not very good at hitting curveball. So I'm going to lay off of those until I get better at those. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's it's really key for us as we are approaching uh, these kind of moments. We're going to put this uh, this episode out this weekend. Um, we actually we're going to. We're going to skip an episode that we had in the can. We're going to put this out because I think this is something important for us to talk about mm-hmm. as we have a lot of, of umpires working these kind of games. And the reason that I want it there is because as as Jeff and I have been talking over the last several months about this stuff, you know, there there are things that are about the the nuts and bolts of doing what we do. We've, we've used that phrase a lot. There are things that are about... You know, this is a yes, this is a no. We've talked about our, our mental strength. We've talked about how we, you know, set goals or don't set goals. We, we talked about all those things, right? And and they are all a part of, of doing what we do. But this is the moment. These kinds of moments are when all of that stuff comes together at one spot. Mm. You know, if, if we're going to handle big moments like this, we got to have the the – the tools in our toolbox to be able to handle it. We, we have to know how do we handle it. We have mm-hmm. to know as a partner, how do I come in and help? We, those kinds of things we, we've got to know. And that's the stuff that's just no question about it. There are right and wrong ways to handle things. We've got to be able to have communication skills to do everything that we can to, to keep it from escalating. We may not eventually be able to keep that from happening. That's going to be up to that coach, mm-hmm. you know, or that player or mm-hmm. whoever, but we want to do everything that we can to keep that from happening. We want to be able to have the the self-confidence and assurance to then know that we're making the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we don't, it's going to be hard for us to do what's right. And then when we take the step beyond that, then we have to be the kind of person that can then say, oh, man, I know this was the first inning. <laughs> but mm-hmm. But I got eight more innings to work. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I'm focusing on what happened with one out in the bottom of the first, mm-hmm. then guess what? I'm going to be 
no good the rest of the game. Yeah. So I gotta I, I gotta put a pin in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I, I gotta put a parenthesis around it. I gotta do something that says, you know what, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna evaluate this. I'm gonna do all those things. But right now, I've got a job to do. Yeah. The decision's been made. You That's know, right. the phrase I use, the bullets out of the gun. Mm-hmm. You can't put the bullet back in. So whatever whatever has been done has been done. And now I have to move forward because I have another uh, still have, my job is not complete here. Yeah, <laughs> it is not complete. And until it gets completed, I can't really live in that past that past moment. Um, you know, I was just thinking about this situation. Right. And we say, you know, we, we got to be prepared. You know, and for you umpires out there listening, you basketball officials, whatever, whatever sports official you are, and you had that situation, and now you're trying to communicate your way out of it. I would ask yourself, what have I done to improve my communication skills in the offseason and during the regular season? Because I'm not saying that this umpire wasn't able to keep this coach in the mm-hmm. game. I have, and I, I've given out technical fouls, and I don't, I'm not saying that I could mm-hmm. have done something different. But if I'm truly trying to get the best out of myself, I, I want to evaluate that situation and go, okay, what could I have done differently? What book can I read? What person can I talk to? What podcast can I listen to that's going to make me a better communicator in, in high intensity moments mm-hmm. i think it's real easy to be a com- good communicator in a low intensity moment hey uh, excuse me that's my parking spot okay go ahead whatever right mm-hmm. when we talk about high intensity moments and the only way we're going to be a c- good communicator there is if we practice it daily and we surround ourselves with people that are really good at communicating mm-hmm. it's we, we talk about it you know you want to be a good umpire you surround yourself with good umpires that's that's how the that's how you do it. You see what they're doing differently. You want to be a good communicator. You surround yourself with. You talk to those people daily. You send texts back and forth to those people daily. You you know watch YouTube videos, whatever that is, to help you become better at that moment during the high intensity moment. Absolutely. You know, I hope uh, whether you are in the midst of postseason action right now, mm. and uh, and if so, hopefully that this is something that that will strike a chord with you. Uh, but even if you're not, you know, if you're an off season basketball official, guess what? Somebody's going to pop up in the first inning of your day mm, today. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it may be the coworker, it may be the person at the grocery store, it may be the driver next to you telling you you're number one. Mm. Whatever it is, mm. you know. Um, I hope that even as we're just talking about work on the field, on the court, whatever, we understand that this is really about life. <laughs> this is about how we navigate each and every day. Mm-hmm. And um, when we when we step out our front door, we're relinquishing control to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can control what we can control. Uh, and then we, we need to find ways to roll with the punches mm-hmm. uh, with the rest of it. And one of the great things is, is that um, I hope you are surrounding yourself with a good crew. Yeah. You know, one of the great things that happened yesterday in that is that there was a good crew. Mm-hmm. And the good crew came in to have the back of the one who'd relinquished control. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I hope in your personal life, I hope in your professional life, that you are surrounding yourself with the good crew. 
So when you have the tough game, when you have the tough inning, whatever, you've got somebody to talk with afterwards, that you've got somebody to connect with afterwards. And, you know, maybe you're a, a newer official that's listening to this. You say, you know what, I've not found that group of people around me that helps me. Do me a favor. Shoot us an email. Mm. podcast at gmail.com. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm new to this officiating thing, and I live in such and such an area. I promise you, this is a dead promise. Jeff Cross knows somebody <laughs> near you. Or he knows somebody who knows somebody near you. I hope so. And, uh, and, and we will put you in contact with people that can help you develop that crew of people in your life mm-hmm. uh, that can point you in the right direction and be the kind of people that, uh, that you want to be on this uncommon drive of life with. Yeah. One, I, I know you're wrapping up. and I, I, I'm sure you hate it when I do this, but I want to take this moment because I know a lot of baseball umpires listen right now. If you're working the playoffs, congratulations. Mm-hmm. You are one of very few people working the playoffs. There's a lot of people that didn't get the assignment, or if you're working multiple league playoffs, you know, that's you know it's even better than than just working the one. So understand that your hard work did not go unnoticed, and now it's your time to shine. Absolutely, guys. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, I hope you have a phenomenal week. I mm-hmm. hope you are uncommon in your drive towards success, not just on the field or on the court, but in every aspect of life. Have a great day, everybody. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.